Hey everybody, I'm Greg Soule, and this is Why Am I, a podcast where I get to talk to interesting people and try and trace a path to where they find themselves today. My guest this go-around is George Collins. He's a stand-up that went from introvert to, well, he's still an introvert, he just happens to get up on stage and do comedy as well. He's rounding himself out also by doing two podcasts and is currently writing a post-apocalyptic novel. By the way, there is also a published 10-page love poem, I think from when he was like 17 floating around out there. So uh, needless to say, the guy knows what true pain is. <laughs> uh, if you guys like this podcast or any of the other ones, please share with at least one other person. That really helps me grow. And at uh, any rate, I hope you enjoy this chat with George. <laughs> George Collins, thank you hey. for uh, joining me on the Why Am I podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, man. So we're always standing in line. I stand in a lot of lines. I queue up a lot. Um, I'm picturing us in Austin. We're on 6th Street. There's this place called Voodoo Donuts, and there's always a line out the door. And it usually takes about 30 minutes to get up to the front to get our donuts, right? So we're talking. I strap a conversation. You look like an interesting dude. I love the shirt you're wearing. You got uh, you got good style. Uh, so uh, we talk about me for a little bit because obviously I care about me most in the world. Uh, we exhaust that pretty quick. Now it's your turn, man. So who are you, George? Hey, uh, I'm uh, George Collins. I'm a stand-up comedian and podcaster and soon to be an author, but that's that's coming soon. But mostly podcaster and stand-up comedian. Out of uh, right now, I'm actually out of Texas. Are you really? Yeah. Uh, most of my work was out of Alabama and Las Vegas, but I'm currently in Texas. What are you doing in Texas? Uh, girlfriend, actually. Well, that'll like, do it, man. You, you know, you know, take the chance to try to make a family, you know, like, and she just happens to do stand up as well. So, you know, it all works, right? It's supposed to work. So, trying it out, you know, <laughs> you know how life is. Yeah, man. What part of Texas are you in right now? Uh, right in the middle of nowhere. It's like uh, Lufkin. It's like, like Houston, Austin. It's like all. It's all in the middle. It's like the Bermuda Triangle. Oh yeah, I know. I was uh, I was born in Nacogdoches. So oh oh right yeah. there. Okay, not too far, man. Yeah, I got kin over in East Texas, man. I, I call them. They're not my family. They're my kin because they are country as hell so oh, man. you know what i'm saying you're in lufkin you know what i'm talking about oh yeah we, <laughs> we go over there like every couple of days uh constantly over there because there's nothing in lufkin so oh, yeah you got a walmart come on what are you talking about yeah yeah yeah. and a, <laughs> and a sam's club yeah <laughs> oh, oh pinky's up pinky's up when you yeah, say that man come five on five star pizza man. <laughs> <laughs> all right man well you started with um pod or stand up so uh how did you how did you get to stand what what makes you get the courage to stand in front of people and tell jokes man honestly that's that's the biggest mystery because um outside of like my podcast and you'll i'm actually an introvert like i don't i just kind of stay to myself and that's how it's, how i've been all my life it's just been go to school go home play games maybe talk to a few friends online but other than that it just being a, becoming a stand-up comedian just kind of came out of nowhere um i think it was because i took an, an acting class in college like you know one of those extra classes for no reason and i think if he didn't ha put his hand on my shoulder and say hey i can i can see you as a um, a good sitcom side character i don't <laughs> think that would have put the seeds down for anything else i'm like oh a few friends told me i was funny 
So I gave it a try and I'm pretty decent at it. So that's crazy, man. So introvert, does that mean like you were talking about, you know, just mostly playing games and stuff like that as a kid, were you pretty quiet? Did you have like one friend at a time sort of thing? Yeah, basically just a good handful of people. None. I didn't have to, I didn't really like enjoy, I didn't enjoy creating that new conversation with people. So it's just whoever comes into my life and in that circle themselves, that's the people I interact with. So I'm not going to go out and do it myself. So, so I didn't, cause I was bullied. I was, cause I was like the fat kid and so like that. So kids are ruthless. So I was like, I just stayed to myself and kept it, kept it like that. Hmm. Do you, uh, do you feel like being on stage gives you the opportunity to, uh, I don't know, just like connect and talk with people that you normally wouldn't like, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it's I, the first time you probably did it. It was probably terrifying. But after that, you know, you had some conversations or something. Tell me about it. Oh, it's, it's like a drug. It's, it's, it's like a drug. It's once you, it is scary. That is the trick of it. It's like, uh, a lot of people get in here and expect like instant success or because they funny. It's like the ball's rolling, but no, so, sometimes bombing, which is like, doing bad on stage yeah yeah um that's that's a part of the process and if you can bomb and it's still in you like that, that, that's what what gets you started keep it keep it going it's like you can fail and still love it and that was the i think one of the first things that i kind of failed at and still wanted to keep doing so i my first stand-up uh set was actually on the last day of my job like during oh my god they're yelling outside not today <laughs> oh i'm sorry uh no man you're in lufkin i know all about it yeah so my first time doing stand-up was on my last day at uh this warehouse job i was gonna leave so i was like i'm finna just do some stand-up in the lunchroom in front of these people who didn't ask for it so i just did it it didn't go that well but i was like hey i did it sorry <laughs> got it out the way and just went from there Gotcha. But, you know, I've always heard like, uh, if you want to be good at something, you have to be ready to be bad at it first. Yes. And, and uh, that's cool that you somehow decided to rip the bandaid off. And do, what was it the fact that you were leaving? You're like, I'm never gonna see these people again. I don't give a damn. Is that what? Oh, uh, uh, my friend, one of my friends is still friends to this day. Uh, Chris Tomlin, he was working there as well. And I kind of like told him what I was about to do. And he was like, Oh, I've been doing stand-up for like two years now. I'm like, what? And I just kind of like it just gave me confidence. Just go ahead and just do it. It's like might as well embarrass myself now, right? Because <laughs> if Chris I'm, can do it, you can do it. Is that what you're saying? A little bit, a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> plus, I was not only leaving that job, but I was leaving. I was working in St. Louis at the time. I was going to move to Alabama, so I'm like, not only can I do bad, I'm not going to see this whole state ever again. I'm like. I'm good. I'm good. I'm gone. <laughs> so did you, uh, well, I mean, all right, let me reel it back a little bit. You're talking about bombing on stage. Um, and I've heard from comics before that, like, it doesn't matter how good you get, how successful you are when you're on the road every now and then you're still going to bomb. And, and that's, I mean, how do you reconcile that? Do you kind of, I'm assuming you are your worst critic because I've I've heard comics say before that like I did a show and it was terrible and then all these people came up to me afterwards and said it was it was great I loved it like uh, like we, is is that still like in you do you still kind of beat yourself up all the time Oh yeah all the time uh 
what I tell a lot of new comedians, um, once the one way to get rid of like stage fright is, is expect like you once you got up there, everybody already think you're gonna do bad. Everybody already judged you. What's the worst that can happen? Kind of kind of like logic, you know. So yeah, I'm constantly. Uh, I'm not, I'm not very good at improv. I, I admit, so like I write everything down, and uh, a lot of my friends notice that I'm pacing, I'm pacing in circles before my set, like an hour before, like make sure all my my bits my bits are there because my brain is just like everywhere, right? So I have to make sure I practice it right before I get on, and if it don't go well, even if I made everybody laugh, but if I missed one of the story bit uh, beats, I, I'm in my head all night. I'm like, oh, I miss. Yeah, I, I could have made these people laugh even harder if I said this and that. I was like, <laughs> so, so yeah. But what's one thing that's really motivating is, uh, is watching these legends like Chris Rock or like whoever. Once you actually are in the, the industry and you actually are a fan of comedy. And you actually see these people bomb and see that's that's just a part of the process these people they're not uh invincible they're not immortal they can they can die up there too like once you see that that motivates you as well yeah i think that's man that is an amazing lesson for life because yeah. so many people are terrified to try anything new right because fear of failure right but people fail to realize if you screw something up nobody's going to come to your house and kick your dog or i mean you know it's like you're gonna be fine like you will maybe be embarrassed i, I don't know nowadays now, nowadays kinda, <laughs> you, you do a bad joke they come up there and punch you in the neck and like i don't <laughs> so, but then that just makes uh a great story for another joke yeah exactly that and a lawsuit you get paid I don't, all types of stuff so get the I guess you to look, yeah look at the positive i guess <laughs> <laughs> but no i mean i think that's that's crazy because I, you know, I remember reading like this uh, survey they did of uh, things people were afraid of. You know, you had like snakes and spiders, but like at the top of the list, like above like dying was uh, public speaking. Yeah. Like more people are afraid of public speaking. And so the idea of not only public speaking, but maybe having all these people judge you negatively uh, at the same time and you can yet walk away from it. Like to me, that is, that's like a superpower. Oh, yeah. I, it, I understand completely where it's coming from because even after I've been doing it for almost nine years now, I still get a little bit of stage fright, but it's not like, it's not the end of days. Once you realize it's not going to kill you, like you can, you can get up, you'll be fine. Like hmm. if anything, it makes you stronger. Like even, my confidence is through the roof. Sometimes it's, it's simultaneously really low, but really high. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's weird. It's like, because of stand up comedy, it's like, that's an interesting dichotomy. Yeah, man. Like the idea that you can stand up on stage and do all that stuff, but you're afraid to ask for gravy on your fried <laughs> rice. It's like, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> it, it's it's so messed up, man. I know. <laughs> like, what is wrong with me? No, no, I get it, man. Like, it doesn't matter uh, uh, how much I progress. Like, those little voices are still in my head, you know, telling me telling me weird stuff. Speaking of the gravy, like, I don't, I don't like getting into arguments in, like, fast food restaurants. Because I'm the fat guy, I was like, I, I don't want to be that. I was like, oh, not. <laughs> Do you have the opportunity to get in arguments in restaurants? Does that present yeah. itself a lot to you? Well, you see the videos and stuff like that. People are like <laughs> jumping in line and stuff like that. And like, if somebody jump in line in front of me, I'm like, I'm just gonna let it happen. I'm just gonna, like, I, I don't want to be not only arguing in the middle of a fast food restaurant, but be the the big guy too. It was like, 
you angry over food? Like, come on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, all right, just let it, just let it go. Well, you know, it's like, um, I mean, you say you're, you're a big guy. I'm also, I'm tall. So I'm like six, three. And so I've learned it's like when you're a bigger person, you mm -hmm. like have to, I mean, society judges you different. You have to be in control. You can't fly off the handle and get angry because oh, yeah. it, it terrifies people, you know? So it's like a little bit of a double standard there. Yeah, but you got the you got the good you got the good big the vertical big. I don't know, man. Both <laughs> I the, can be I advantageous. <laughs> I got the horizontal. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever heard it described that way, but I can't wait to use it again. Horizontal big. Trust me, I would definitely trade it. I know it got you. You got your stuff, but <laughs> for sure, man, for sure. Oh man, you're killing me. So you've been doing this stuff nine years, nine years. Yeah. Well, you feel like you could do it the rest of your life? Yes. Uh, if you don't count the last two years because, you know, the old cove. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I've kind of been on break and, I, and I've been kind of like substituting the podcast, which is just me talking to myself for a while. Just kind of like being an alternative for it. Uh, so, yeah, I can see myself doing it again. I'm, I'm moving to, I think, Houston in the end of the year. So bigger scene. Hopefully yeah. I can get right back into it. Hopefully I still love it. Uh, the The industry itself is kind of like a pain in the butt because it's a lot of non-comedians that run stand-up comedy. So if they don't ruin it for me, then yes, I can, I can see myself doing it for the rest of my life. Gotcha. So rest of your life because you said it was like a drug, man. So it's, yes. it's chasing chasing that high every yes. time. Is that is that what really does it for you? Yes. If I can do it and make enough to pay rent like I, I and i can like replace my job i'm not i'm not looking for fame i'm not looking for well i'm not i'm not gonna say i'm not looking for riches if it happens i'm not gonna <laughs> say no to it but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna stress myself out if i'm like if i'm making like 10k a month and yeah, i'm not gonna stress myself out to make more it's like it's, that's enough that's enough to be telling jokes on stage that's enough right yeah i love the fact that it feeds you inside like it feeds something inside of you more than anything else which really kind of motivates you there i mean yeah. do you think it's do you think it feeds you because like you were that shy kid or maybe socially anxious and this is your way to scream to the world and let them hear who you are i think so i i, I don't think about it a lot but i believe so i think it's just no one listened to me then so now i have a way for them to do it and see that all the stuff that's been going on, you know, and kind of make jokes about the stuff that's been going on back in the day. So yeah, so I that kind of fills that void a little bit. I can say that. Yeah. So I, I've listened to some of your podcasts, but I've never seen any of your comedy. So like, is it more about you, or are you just coming up with jokes or stories, um, or what's it what's it like? It's stories. It's kind of like day day by day so i kind of do have to live a life somewhat to like create these stories and kind of like be exaggerated to a point like um what's a quick one i could think of that's not i can just explain it anyway it'd be like uh back when i used to work at walmart that was that was like my first five years that was like my <laughs> all these characters i would meet that was where most of my jokes would come from i would meet like the old guy who would stand outside who's like a vet, but he was always like loitering for booty. Like he always like <laughs> just harassing women constantly. And that, and then I had a joke about uh, 
certain music artists being then it didn't go to deeper stuff like some music artists doing cr criminal stuff with children and i'll like make jokes about that like hey try to like not kind of be like activists like hey let y'all know this is happening but make jokes about it to like not just be like ah you know i don't know i don't know that that makes sense yeah it totally make sense. makes sense yeah and for me like as far as comedy goes nothing's off the table yeah like i think you should be able to joke because it's like that's almost like my defense mechanism and what's crazy is when i get into like uncomfortable situations i make jokes i laugh i don't know it's kind of like a I think kind of like a pressure relief valve for me or something. So my rule of thumb is you can you can say anything as long as it's funny. If it's not funny, then it's offensive. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're on your own if it's not funny. <laughs> man, that uh, that hit home when you were talking about Walmart. I used to work at Walmart uh, oh. when I was in college, and man, we met some characters. Oh, like, yeah. it, and it wasn't even just the customers; it was like the people that worked there. Man, there was all kinds of crazy drama inside that place. We both were in the, were in the trenches, like in <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we had so we had like uh, this one stalker. He uh, he uh, was hooked up with a stalker on the grocery side, but this lady had been married to another guy who was stalking the grocery side, and he like oh. stole her away. And so it was just it was and it was wild. There was always something crazy. Going it's on. always people messing around. <laughs> like, that's the number one rule. We always say don't mess with your coworkers. Don't. I don't know if I can curse. Uh, yeah, go uh, for it. Hey, uh, don't don't eat don't shit where you eat or something or vice yeah, versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah, but we do it anyway. It's like we see these people every day. Uh, I don't know these these Instagram models don't they think they 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 nice looking but they ain't got the attention as the only woman in like an only male position like at work like no you ain't got you you ain't got it better than them <laughs> at all that's right man it's in a target rich environment oh that's yeah what you call that <laughs> <laughs> oh man so podcast how did you how did you come over to podcasting because I I listened to it and it mostly seems like a stream of consciousness, which I love. I love podcasts where it's just people tell me what's inside their head and why they're why they're thinking that stuff. Like just ultimately um, kind of what I do here is just figure out why. Well, that that this actually goes back further than this, the stand up, actually. Cause mm -hmm. uh a friend of mine just reminded me from high school, uh, I don't know why I was doing this. I think this is kind of like stemming back to whole people don't listen to me. So I kinda like did it myself. And apparently I want to say 2007 or something like that. I was record. I just learned about burning CDs, so I was recording on like this old computer, and this is like a little bit in like early stages of Apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm. So I was like burning them on CDs, and I like a narcissist. I was listening to them at school. I don't know why I was doing this, and, <laughs> and two of my friends heard could hear over the my headphones. Like, what do you listen to? I'm like, I'm listening to myself. And they didn't run away for some reason. And I gave it to them. They listened to it. They thought it was funny. And so I guess technically I've been doing it for like 15 years now. <laughs> it, was, it was like off and on just doing these podcasts where I'm just like talking to myself and just talking about news or or what's going on in my life and or whatever's going on in my, in my head. Give them like a perspective on things. Yeah. So you were destined that, for this. Yeah. And the Who's podcast was supposed to be. Uh, I, I will try to give a new perspective on something that's going on in the news, whether it be like shootings or something like that. That's how I started. Even if I don't believe what's going, what I'm saying, I was like, okay, let's open up a conversation. Usually 
like if you go on Twitter, people kind of like kind of float on one uh, opinion and kind of stick to it. And that's the pr uh, perspective. So I'll, I'll purposely try to like, have you thought about this? Maybe this is why they did this or this is why they did that. And try to open up a conversation. But then after like 150 episodes, the news get really depressing. So <laughs> yeah, extremely, like, yeah, yeah. So it's like I'm like I'm just gonna talk about stand up and what's going on in life and just kind of joke around, just have fun with it. Like who cares? <laughs> yeah, I thought I was listening to um, I think the one right after New Year's, and uh, I didn't realize you were a fellow mommy until uh, uh, I listened to that. <laughs> yes, I love her, man. Yeah, Christina, yeah, Christina P. Christina P and uh, Tom Segura, man. I love yeah. uh, your mom's house. This stuff's fun. Um, but I I really dug how you were kind of um, taking in some of the stuff they said. Because it's so funny. Um, I've heard this saying a long time ago. They say serious words said in jest. So sometimes people are making jokes, but the subject matter is actually pretty serious. And if you yeah. take it in and consume it, you know, you can actually, you know, get meaning out of it. And uh, I do that occasionally listening to uh, to them. I mean, not always. I mean, they, they go to some crazy places. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I love it when I see other uh, other people doing that as well, man. That's pretty cool. I, they, they can be harsh, like them and then listening to like Bill Burr, like his podcast. And like, especially they go in about like people being overweight. It can be harsh sometimes. It can be. It can even hurt me a little bit. I'm like, all right, get it, leave it alone. But if you look past it, it was like they got some points. I can, I can work on myself this way. And that's that's you. You listen to that. So I was like, this year I am going to try to do that and try to stop complaining so much and try to at least make the steps to bettering myself, whether it be me personally or the show. That's why I took a. That's why I'm currently on, on break right now. Just so I can like actually figure out what's wrong with it and build from that. Mm. You feel like something's wrong with it? Uh, I'm just doing too much at the time, and I think uh, sometimes rambling don't have like it's not coherent. Sometimes, sometimes I am just kind of like, wow, I'll just talk. I was just talking for forty minutes for no reason. It's like, <laughs> like <laughs> what, what? What? What is this? And then I have to I have to listen to this and edit it. So I'm like. All right, let's take a break. Let's figure out life. Then maybe come back after I like. I want to focus on my book and before I go back to doing stand up because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do the book if I'm doing stand up. Stand up is the thing, right? It's all uh, all consuming, huh? Yeah. So and I've been doing it for years for all all like six seven things at the same time and it's obviously not working. So let's. Let's try to condense it. Work on one or two things. See if that works. Yeah, I don't get mad at podcasts sometimes when they're uh, they're just talking and rambling because mm -hmm. it feels like, especially when it's one person, because I feel like my friends just telling me a story, you know, just talking to me about something. Yeah, don't... so I like. I'm not saying it's for everybody. I'm just saying like I, I like that sometimes. You gonna convince me to go back to keep doing it, man? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just it's it's funny. It's funny how that stuff works. And like these these podcasts, I don't edit them, period, unless there's like an audio glitch or something like that. Because I've learned, it's like you never know what's going to connect with somebody. Like you listen to that Christina P or the, the Mom's House episode or whatever, like something there clicked with you and, and sparked something. I'm always afraid like if I edit it, I'll cut some of that stuff out, you know, something that like means something to somebody else. True. Um, but True. Everybody's everybody's product is different, and uh, you know everybody likes different flavors, man. So 
I, I definitely uh, never say anybody's doing anything wrong. You know, I don't want to yuck on anybody's yum, but <laughs> man, I, I sometimes I just like, it's funny because a lot of my podcasts I listen to are just streams of consciousness, people telling me a story or whatever. Cause I know like, uh, I'm sure it was like this for you too. Like COVID was weird. It was a weird time and I felt super isolated and like just trapped like a couple of times. I just felt like screaming. Like, I don't know. It was, it was weird, man. And, um, one of the things that really helped me because I wasn't getting like real human contact was mm-hmm. listening to those podcasts, you know, whereas people yeah. just, it was my friend talking to my ear, even though that weird parasocial relationship, I'll never meet him, you know, or whatever, but I'm not gonna lie. Like, I kind of missed it. I kind of, <laughs> I, I, I got, I got, uh, I got COVID like the, on the early parts of it. Yeah. And I got like a month off of work. Oh, I'll, if I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> oh man, I would have, I would have used that time a little bit more efficiently. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only thing I miss about it. But other than that, yeah, it yeah. was it was depressing though. Yeah, <laughs> silver linings. I like it, man. I always yeah. look for. Them. Got got paid for the month. I was that's the one thing I was nervous about. That's what kind of took up half that month. Was worried about whether my job was going to actually pay me, or I was going to be out of a house because oh, I got the sniffles. I was like, uh, but if I knew ahead of time, if I go back, I'm like. Relax, George. Just <laughs> play, do whatever. Mm. Most Take stuff, uh, most stuff in life works out all right, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what was that sound? You don't uh, sound convinced. No, so, uh, say it again. I'm sorry. I said you didn't sound convinced. Uh, oh no. What was the question before? Oh, oh, most stuff in life works out, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That, I guess the the inflation was true. Like, yeah, yeah. I guess, <laughs> I, I guess it do. <laughs> All right. Well, tell me about your uh, your book that you're oh. you're focusing on. Uh, right now, it's uh called Wyatt. It's it's in the it's in the works right now. I'm trying to make it a uh, episodic. So it was supposed to be out already. It was like I have like six episodes already, but I'm not. I'm not, I haven't pulled the trigger yet because I want to like before I before I go before I let it go. I wanted to figure out exactly what was my end goal before. I, just like just release something and never finish it, you know. So uh, right now it is a apocalyptic mailman. So he's just doing his job, and it's just like the episodes follow what situations he get into. So kind of like uh, something like TV, trying to trying to mix some type of like storylines from like mangas that I read and stuff like that, and just like try to write the best I can. Uh, I'm not. I'm not an English major. I, you you see how I'm talking. So, like, <laughs> I'm trying to make the story coherent, but like interesting the way that I tell jokes on stage. Because hmm. I'm I'm not. I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm trying to make it make sense for like the normal people, you know, who, who read. Yeah, I read the. Uh, I read the kind of the description on your uh, your posts up on Amazon and stuff like that. I thought it sounded really interesting. The writing was really well done. It kind of drew me in. So it makes me wonder, it's like, I mean, why decide to write a book? Where did that come from? Uh, that was that was the early stages. Everything early stages, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, okay, I guess I got to go back to college. Uh, I wanted to be a game designer. And just slowly, as, when I went to college, I realized I'm not that great in math. So, mm. you know, I couldn't really get into that. So the next best thing is creating stories for it. So uh, I wrote a book back when I was 17. Uh, it's called Limbo of the Fathers. You can probably find it. I don't oh. recommend it. Oh, I found it. 
Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I look, I, I haven't even read it. I haven't read it since then. And I is this isn't a confidence thing. I just know it's it's not that I know the story concept is good, but the writing of it is terrible. So um I wrote that and finished it. It was one of those projects you just have to do so you can say you did it, right? And that became that turned into me taking that acting classes and going to stand up and turning those stories into jokes. And I just I always wanted to go back to writing like story, but I just never I always had an idea, but never could really execute what I was imagining. <clears throat> you know, so yeah, until I, now. Anyway. I like the episodic idea of it because that way you don't have to do it all. And what you know, it's like where they say, um, "How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time." Right? Yes, a little piece and, here and there. And once I found out that you can do that, I was like, "Oh, that's perfect!" Because I am extremely impatient. So it's like <laughs> I like I can't I can't write. I'm not going to write a 200, 300 page book and read it myself or pay somebody probably fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, at least back then, for okay, the Limbo Fathers. That was only 120 pages, I believe. And the website I was using at the time, they said they could edit it for 800 bucks. I was like, uh, no, like I'll just do it myself. So thinking, thinking, still thinking of that price, right? It could be way lower now. Who knows? But I'm like, I'm not going to write 300 pages and then either pay them or read it myself. Oh, no, no, I'm not going to do that. So episodic. Five to twenty pages. It's easy. Ah, get all the details, all the stuff. Easy. Throw it out and do it again next month. Like that. That's perfect. That sounds perfect for how my brain works. Mm -hmm. Mine too. So I'm gonna ask you, if I said you had to go back and read Limbo of Our Fathers, what's the feeling that gives you right now, knowing like oh, I might have to do that? What, what would that feeling be? Uh, I would. It would take me a while. I was like, just dread. Like if I had to. <laughs> Like if I couldn't leave this room until I finished it, I would like, oh Lord, man. <laughs> I'll finish it and be like, oh, okay, find some. I'll try to find some type of positive out of it, but What's I would the, hate I would hate it. Why would you hate it? What's the fear? Is it like a cringe sort of thing? Yeah, a little bit of cringe. Because I like I said, I was wrote it it came out when I was 17. So I wrote it when I was 16. So I was like, just imagine the poems that you wrote back then, yeah. like, all the terrible stuff and the emo stuff. It was like, <laughs> oh man. And that was back when I was like, I was trying to be more intelligent than I was. So I was like looking up stuff in a dictionary and making like, oh, instead of using this word, I'm using this one. Like, trying to sound smarter. And it's obvious when you read it. He's like, this person's dumb. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you no, doing? Man. I, you know what? I, um, I see looking back at previous stuff and cringing as a gift um, because to me, what that like silver linings right here, buddy. Uh, for me, uh, looking back and cringing at that stuff means that I've grown, I've gotten better, I've gotten stronger. And so if I can look back at stuff and the, the thing that scares me is I'll look back at something and say, that's the best thing I've ever done. Cause I always want to, to think my better stuff is ahead of me. You know, I want to keep doing better. I want to keep growing. I like, I like, I like to think that too, but I don't know. I had to get through it. I don't think. So. I, oh, it's a, it's going to be a lot of digging to try to find that gold. Like, oh my gosh! You know what? I uh, I was looking in the closet the other man. It was a little while back. It's probably like a year ago. And uh, I came across some box. Opened it up, and there was a a love letter I'd written to my wife when I was oh. like seventeen. Oh. 
and the cringe was so strong <laughs> i put it in the trash and yes. i and my wife has not let me live that down since but oh. it's like i just could not did she uh, dig could, it up I could not, nah, because I didn't tell her for like months, so oh. it was gone. But like, just the cringe was murdering me. I Ooh. had to, I had to destroy it. I had to kill it with fire. It was bad. Oh man, I understand that because I. You gonna make me talk about it? Oh. <laughs> you talking about poems? Um, I was like really into like publishing, and you, oh, you can do it for free, right? So this girl I was into back when I was seventeen, she's girl I lost my virginity to. I wrote this 10 page like poem, like series, uh, vision of a paramour. You can look at Oh, I like old, it. You published it, it? Uh, well, published it with like Lulu or something like that. It's, it's out there and it's nice and cringy and terrible. I'm like that, that I don't want to read that more than I don't want to read limbo. <laughs> at least limbo had something, some story or something like that. But limbo, that was me trying to, trying to uh, impress this older woman with, with fancy words. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I can't believe you had the gall to publish it though, dude. That is so yeah. awesome. That's, hey, that's what happens when you're 17 and horny. You're like, <laughs> like, Oh, this is impressor. Last week she do crazy things. That's yeah. for sure. Obviously I'm not with her. So it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a stepping stone. It got oh, yeah. you where you needed to be, which is mm. Lufkin, Texas. Yeah. Oh, Lord, that's not even, that sounds like bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> they say you got to be willing to uh, be uh, be worse to get better. Mm. So there you right. go. <laughs> True. I'm sure you're collecting some pretty good stories there in Lufkin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If they get out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, dude. All right. So you said you went... I mean, you did a little while in Vegas. Are is that your hometown? You you a Vegas kid? Uh, yeah, I was born there, uh, but I was raised in uh, St. Louis. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, you, so, so, when did you move? Like, how old were you? Well, from Vegas, I was like not bef younger than five, so I don't even ah. remember it. But so I was raised in St. Louis, did college in Alabama, and then that's why I started doing comedy. Besides that one thing in St. Louis, uh, and I did the last three years like last three years during COVID and stuff, bad time in, in Vegas where uh, I, that's why I was trying to, that's why I was going to pursue my, my dream. I was like, oh, it's LA, but, but cheaper, right? Nah, nah, he's not. This is, <laughs> uh, tried, tried to do the dream there, but it was just bad timing with the whole COVID thing. Lost a little bit of motivation. And now I'm trying to do this family thing with comedy. This yeah. family thing. Mm -hmm. So family thing, as in your, you're my girlfriend. She's uh, she's in comedy as well. Is yes. that, is that the podcast? A couple of blurds. Yes. That that's you and her. Yes. All right. Yeah, me and her do that once a week. Talk about we're supposed to talk about nerdy stuff, but we just end up just it's just an extended version <laughs> of whom's just we just be talking about news and just joking around stuff like that. Totally, totally away from the original plan. <laughs> yeah, but Which it's I fun. Like. It's fun doing. Yeah, it. it's it's way easier to do that show because you got something to bounce off of. Uh, the problem is editing is, is you doing it yourself. So that's why taking a break because I I rather focus on that since that's easier to do, and then you know go from there. That's cool, man. That's cool. Well, it sounds like you stay busy. 
Try to. Try, if not, I'd go crazy, you know. Yeah. Do you always have to be uh be doing something? You were, you were talking about how you were pacing and stuff earlier. Is that uh, is that pretty common for you? A little bit. I have to yeah, I don't know. I don't know where what it is. I don't know if it's like undiagnosed ADHD or I don't know. But I think that's just more of a TikTok trend. Uh so I think it's just it, it could just be <laughs> me my uh, terrible time management and seeing stuff fail before so i'm like okay i don't want to feel like a failure so at the very least i'm gonna do is constantly be doing something even if i never finish it so whether it be writing a couple of sentences in in the book or recording my podcast doing our pod me and her podcast or cleaning the house or something i gotta be moving around so that no one can say hey you ain't doing nothing what are you doing right People, people always say that, oh, George, you're very consistent, but eh, that's just more just for so I can stay sane. It has nothing to do with anything. That's good, man. It's like, uh, you know, uh, what are they? Uh, there's a YouTuber I watch. He says, uh, projects never get done sitting on the couch, right? So True. you got to, you always got to be moving. You always exactly. got to be going. It, it goes back to the whole, uh, your mom's house show, Christina P., People who don't know them just, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can't complain if I'm, I'm not doing anything. It's like, I'm just, I can't just be playing, playing Stardew Valley for like three hours and be like, why ain't these jokes funny? It's like, because hey, you, <laughs> you was playing Stardew. Yeah, that was fun, but I mean, you didn't get nothing done. So that could be a problem as well, because I, sometimes I go weeks and I do have to go take that, that game and break to like keep things balanced. So I don't know. It's, it's that's what I'm still trying to figure out. And I think that's I'm gonna focus this year on is trying to figure out uh, balance, I guess, in life, life, work, hobbies. It's a lot. Yeah, that's cool. Like I've heard it. Um, there's a, a comedian Daniel Sloss who describes it as a jigsaw puzzle. Your life, right? And yeah. you got the four corners, and it's like your um, was it your job, your hobbies. Uh, was it like your friends and something else? And then the middle piece, you get to kind of like fill out with, with whatever you want. But right. the idea is that uh, the puzzle can always change. You yeah, know? constantly. Can always adjust. I like it. Constantly buying new puzzles and then dumping it in the same bucket. I'm like, <laughs> I'm never going to get finished. <laughs> Just confusing things. I like it, man. All right, man. Well, I tell you what, I appreciate your time. And right here at the end, if there was some specific way you wanted people to interact with you, I have a pretty good idea of what it's going to be. How would you How would you have them connect? What would you want them to uh, see or to to experience? Other than uh, visions of a paramour, and then we got limbo of our fathers. Yeah. We got to get on that. Avoid those two books. It's the worst <laughs> type of me right now. I think the most you want to stay in contact with me is just Twitter. That's what I'm most active on, and that's regular as George with one S. Um, and then my website, uh, right now it's blurds.co, B-L-E-R-D-Z dot C-O. That's all, that's all my podcast all in one. And kind of, it's like a blog space on the sub stack. Subscribe for free. It's all good. All good. Yeah. That's all only right. two. That's, that's the only two uh, I can keep up with anyway. All right, man. And uh, hopefully on uh, Twitter, we'll, uh, we'll see you dropping some stuff about your book or about some new stand-up. Something like yep. that. You're actually pretty close, so maybe I could uh, come and see you once you get to H Town because there's uh, there's a decent little comedy scene up there, man. Oh yeah, I, if I if that's the move, if I end up going to 
Houston instead of Austin. Either or, we haven't figured it out yet. I'll definitely let you know. Yeah, Austin, way more fun. I'm sure you've been to Austin, right? Yeah, on hospital visit. Yeah. So, oh, well, <laughs> so that don't really count. All, that don't really count. All I seen was traffic. I'm like, yeah. What yeah. is all the hubble above? <laughs> <laughs> Austin's more expensive, but it's more fun. So. Okay. And I the comedy that. scene's better in Austin. So. Okay. I keep Just, that in mind. All right, man. All right. All right well, let me uh, hit stop on all this stuff. All right.